Hey everybody, welcome to Nerdy 430, the show where comedian Tim Keck and I talk about nerdy-ish things for 30-ish minutes. And hey, it's December now, and the world has kind of opened back up. There's a lot more hustle, there's a lot more bustle, there's a lot of action going on. So what better to talk about this month than action movies that are set at Christmas time. We're going to start you off with one that is not a movie, uh, but if it were a movie, it would be almost, you know, five and a half hours long. So it's that would be substantial in its own right. It's Hawkeye on Disney Plus, the new show that's launched with Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld. Uh, I'm loving it. Tim, what do you think? Dude, I am loving it so far. This is awesome. It might be the best TV show they've done. I think they've we've talked on uh, we've both liked the TV shows they've done. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to turn down anything Marvel hands me. Sure. Did I think, you know, Loki was maybe a little insulting and disrespectful to the fans? Sure. Yes. <laughs> Do I think that they've kind of like not given a fuck about us and are just trying to take our money with this TV thing? Yes, of course. But when it comes to Hawkeye, let me throw it at him. Like, I'm all in. This is great. This is exactly the kind of like low level crime fighting that is for TV shows. Like this is what TV shows are good at. This is what like the Netflix like Daredevil series did so well that for some reason they weren't able to replicate with any of the other ones, right? Is like hand-to-hand combat works on TV. It's low budget, it's easy enough to shoot. You don't need all this like CGI crap to get in the way. And it lowers the stakes and it and it raises the stakes by lowering the stakes. Right. Hawkeye is a street level hero when he's on the street. Everything he does seems way cooler. It's awesome. They've done more for Hawkeye as a character with this TV show than they did for Black Widow. Her entire Marvel career, especially with the Black Widow movie, which is what they fucked up. That was their entire complaint about the Black Widow movie is if you look at the, the perfect template for what that movie should have been is the TV show Killing Eve. It's incredible what you can pull. Like that world is full of so much intrigue and just trying to turn her into an action hero, a la like all the rest of the Avengers that have powers. It's missing the point of what makes her character cool entirely. And yeah, by changing the context of this, so he's no longer, you know, the least powerful Avenger, but he's the most talented marksman in any given room. Suddenly, he's a lot more interesting. Uh, this show is fucking nailing it. I get the feeling from this show that you um, haven't looked at the budgets. We should look up the budgets. I feel like Disney did not expect this one to be a huge hit. I feel I get the feeling that they were like WandaVision. Yes, dump money at this. This is going to be a huge show. Loki. Yes, dump money at it. Going to be a massive show. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're setting up the legacy of the shield. Throw money at them. Hawkeye. That one can't be that expensive, right? He just uses arrows. Um, it's the dialogue and the writing for the show. So good. They've completely nailed the relationship of Kate Bishop and Hawkeye, even though this version of Hawkeye is a little bit different from what we see in the comics. Um, the banter and stuff in general in the show is great. I, the scenes and stuff that they've managed to set up are fantastic. It's just, I think the only place that the show really kind of breaks down is like you mentioned, the CGI, the special effects stuff, the putty arrow in the most recent episode looked awful, like awful, awful, awful. I don't care. I loved it. I was excited to see it. I mean, I, it doesn't look good. I 100% agree with you, but th- is this also the first time we've really seen trick arrows? I mean, this is, is this is like a staple of the Hawkeye comic book character 
and I guess the Green Arrow comic book character. And like any time there's an archer in a comic capacity, they need to do something to make them interesting and have them hold their own. And it's always trick arrows. So like Hawkeye up until this point has used like grappling hooks and he's used like the USB arrow and he's done a little bit of that. But now he's got like cartoonish like growing arrows he's gotten like shrink i imagine he's got shrinking arrows or whatever and he's got this putty arrow and then he's just got all these other he's got the one that has all like the strings that attach it's just it's fun it's kind of goofy it's definitely goofy and lighthearted, but on a street level basis it's awesome oh i i want to get back to the the shrinking growing arrows later uh, because i i got a lot i want to say about that but yeah i mean i have always been a huge fan of archers in the comics uh, ever since I saw Speedy for the first time in the show Teen Titans I was like who the fuck is that and then that got me into the Green Arrow comics which got me into the Hawkeye comics and I've always been like a big uh, big archer guy so this is incredible fan service for me what is it about the archer that resonates with you is it like the Robin Hood imagery or is it the fact that they're as similar to Batman as you can get without stepping on his toes <laughs> it's you know, I there is something that I find inherently more interesting than like Batman that I, I would never, you know, when I was five, I loved the Batman cartoon. But like as an older, you know, tween and into my teenage years and even now, it's like I would never classify like Batman as a favorite character of mine above Green Arrow or Hawkeye. Um, and they are very similar characters in the comics, um, as you know, a lot of times the mirror characters for the different universes will be. It's something about I think it's something about this like devil may care swashbuckling like Errol Flynn Robin Hood attitude they have uh, that I absolutely do not have that I think is a little bit of a I don't know. It's a little bit of a, a living vicariously through that attitude thing. And I just think it's I just think it's really cool. There is something fascinating about a person who is just a human being who is a superhero fighting crime. You know, you can argue that mm -hmm. Batman might not be like Batman's got like body armor and stuff. And it seems like Batman always has a way of like sticking around in these big fights and things like that. But we're really talking about a straight up human who is battling with gods. And in the Marvel Avengers movies, it seems like they do a good job of like showcasing these guys abilities. Like even in the first Avengers movie, Captain America goes into a bank to fight guys on the ground, you know, while Thor's in the sky, like blasting lightning through a through a dimensional hole in space. Like everybody is everyone has a purpose, but they're still at the bottom. Like Captain America is like still at the bottom of the packing order for this. Like if Captain America is at the bottom, then Hawkeye is like way at the bottom of like, <laughs> isn't the sub basement the packing order. Like how the hell is he supposed to fight Thanos? Like what he like he does and he's compelling in like the last in Endgame. But they're like, what is he supposed to do? And it's cool. All these guys. I think the X-Men is another good example of like none of these guys are as powerful as Thor or even Iron Man. But when you go into their world and you look at like Wolverine compared to a normal human being, he is a god. He is an immortal deity with claws out of his hands that can cut through anything. But if you compare him to Iron Man, who gives a shit about Wolverine? Right. And they're doing that so well with Hawkeye. I mean, I just I love it, man. They're do they just like God, it's the kind of thing I wanted for like Falcon and Winter Soldier that like they didn't really get to. For whatever reason, mm -hmm. I think it needed to be bigger than that because this was like the passing of the torch to a new Captain America and Captain America is bigger than that. But 
man, I hope going forward, this is more the tone they hit with that, that show as well. Oh my God. I would love that. Yeah. It's interesting. You bring up Falcon winter soldier because it could have, and I feel like it times it attempted to do a similar thing that Hawkeye did pretty effortlessly from the very beginning, which is that from the moment, the first episode, when you see Kate Bishop watching Hawkeye, when Kate Bishop feels powerless as these aliens are coming through and literally destroying her safe space, destroying her world. She looks out the window and she sees Hawkeye. She sees a person fighting back against these things. And I think the thing that is really compelling about that is that he's not Captain America. He's not Thor, but he's doing something like he might not be able to do a lot, but he's doing something. And that's kind of like the heart of where that character lies is that like, At the end of the day, even though he doesn't see himself as a role model in this specific case because he's murdered thousands of people, um, even though he doesn't see himself as a role model, he is still getting out there and he's putting himself on the line. As Kate says to him in the diner, like having positioning her as uh, like a fangirl of his in that way. It's a really easy way to have that conversation and it, it worked really naturally. And did a good job of kind of explaining the thesis of the show. I thought that was great. I mean, Kate is basically proof that anyone can be a superhero, which is ultimately what everybody wants to feel like when they're reading these things is like, you know, it's the American dream. Everyone can win the lottery and everyone can be a superhero if they want want to. Right. Like she saw a guy with a bow and arrow. Everybody can be a superhero if you're born rich. I guess that's really the message is like, if you're really rich, you can do whatever you want. That's ultimately (laughs) that's ultimately what it is. Rich people run the world. But at the same time, she's dedicated herself to like this craft and she's a she's a human being. She's just a you're right. The rich thing is a superpower. We all I always forget that rich is 100 percent a superpower and it often is the most powerful superpower is wealth. I mean, they actually say that in uh what is it? The Zack Snyder Justice League movie, The Flash asks Batman what his superpower is and he goes, "I'm rich." <laughs> um I did love the line in that first episode too of um Vera Farmiga is talking to Kate Bishop and she's like, "Well, young people think they're invincible and rich people think they're invincible and you've always been both." Yeah, it's just a really fun angle to have her coming from. Let's talk about Kate Bishop. We haven't really talked about Kate yet. Yes. She's so fucking good, dude. She's great. Haley Steinfeld, perfect casting. Like she's up there in like the absolute God tier of casting that they've done with Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, etc. She's great and she's great right away. Even those guys you were talking about, like Chris Evans is like pretty spot on. But like Chris Hemsworth's character really evolved a lot. And it feels like Haley Steinfeld is like there right away. She's there. This is the character. She gets it. She's in the role. She's like young and she's bratty and she's like kind of awful. And like she's fucking things up. But also you can tell that her heart's in the right place. And she really wants she's just like very passionate and she's just a good flawed character. These are two amazingly flawed characters between her and Hawkeye. And there's something that's really compelling about us knowing that Hawkeye did all these terrible things. And at the end of Endgame, I can't say I was like, well, what's going to happen with Hawkeye? Are the courts going to find out what happened with Hawkeye when he just murdered all those <laughs> bad people? Like morally, it's like, sure, he's, he's murdering gangsters or whatever, but he still just murdered a bunch of people and everyone's like pretending like it didn't happen. 
But now they're like, oh, this is a secret. This is like a secret that's kept. This is like eating at Hawkeye. This is something that he has to like actively deal with is like he went through a dark, dark period, committed all these crimes. And now there's this girl who is like kind of a fuck up. But like her one guiding light in her life is that Hawkeye is cool and she wants to be Hawkeye and she believes in Hawkeye. And that's like her whole driving force. And for her to be like putting all of that on him is is fascinating. I mean, it's so good. It's so compelling. And I can't wait for it to come to a head. What do you think happens when she finds out? She's going to find out about Ronan, right? Oh, she's absolutely going to find out. I it's ah the tension in it, though, is like it's like an absolute worst case scenario for his character because he wants to put all this stuff behind him. Here's something that absolutely idolizes him and represents everything that he feels like he doesn't live up to anymore. It's a time bomb. She's got to find out. Um, I don't know. Just based on, you know, there's like the way that TV and movie arcs usually go. And then there's the way that Marvel Disney Plus show arcs have gone, which is that they seem like they're going to have a great payoff in the first season. And then they do something really stupid at the end, Mm -hmm. Um, whether that's a Hail Mary to a second season like Loki did the fuck out of nowhere. Um, Introducing a major new character in the final episode. It it still pisses me off. Um, Or whether that's just kind of wrapping things up way too quickly and unsatisfyingly like Falcon Winter Soldier did um, remains to be seen. I think they did say, I did see a quote from one of the high ups at Marvel that said that this Hawkeye isn't the end of Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. Like he's not going to die in it. He, they said he has a future in the MCU beyond this. Um, I'm assuming we're going to get a second season of Hawkeye, probably specifically centered around Kate Bishop. I'm assuming he'll probably be like more of a supporting character in that um, in the in the comic series that this is based on. There's a large period of time where she is out in L.A. working as a private investigator, uh, which would make for such a fun second season. I would love to see. I mean, we were just on. We just recorded another one about Die Hard. We were talking about Shane Black movies and the idea of like kind of a Hawkeye movie with a nice guy's tone is the most fun in the world to me. So, yeah, I don't know if she'll find out. I could see her finding out at the end of the season and kind of like breaking things off with him and trying to strike out on her own. And then maybe that's the tense cliffhanger we end the season on. What do you think? Mm. Using that as an ending, I was kind of thinking that's like a third act reveal or whatever, like the like the the conflict that separates them. And then they ultimately come back together for the finale. But maybe there's still enough tension or fallout from that that she's disillusioned with this guy. Like right now, she is like obsessed with her hero. And I think you're right. By the end of this series, or at least these episodes, we need to see her be disillusioned with him and forge out on her own path. Because right now she's an mm-hmm. she's an imitation and she needs to figure out who she is on her own and what she can actually do. So I think you're right with that. Do you think we're going to get any like Marvel Netflix tie ins to this show? Because that's the hot rumor online. I don't know how excited I am for it. I've kind of come over to the side of being like kind of hoping it happens, but I don't know. Where do you stand on that? Man. Okay. So I, I know people loved Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. I thought he was God awful. I thought he played that character 
like he had some kind of a weird personality disorder. Yeah. Like he played it so strangely. I have no idea. To me, the ideal, I think the best Kingpin that we've had on screen was Leif Schreiber's uh, giant absolute unit of a Kingpin in Spider-Verse. And then probably after that, Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan was great. Michael Clark Duncan fucking crushed it he was so he was good so good because he's a gangster he's a physically imposing gangster who doesn't lift his hand because he's so gangster he could wreck you mm-hmm. himself if he wanted to but he doesn't because he's a fucking gangster and it's like that's who i want i don't want a guy who's like whimpering and crying to himself and like i don't know simping like <laughs> staring at that like painting of snow or whatever the fuck it was yeah like uh. It's kind of interesting, but I found myself not enjoying Vincent D'Onofrio at all. I mean, if, I, don't, I don't know if he's worth pulling into the MCU. I just I really don't. I do think I don't want to at all. What's his name? Is it Charlie Cox? The Daredevil guy? Charlie Cox. He's amazing. He I don't, is terrific. Top tier casting. He's he's excellent and he deserves to be a part of the MCU Uh, In a way that like, I don't know, like whoever that kid is playing uh, the flash on the CW. It's like, no, these are not in the same tier. Charlie Cox is like should be a leading man in this. But I don't know if you pull him in. Do you have to pull in Vincent D'Onofrio? If Vincent D'Onofrio shows up, are we not getting Charlie Cox? Because the rumors are that Charlie Cox might be in like Spider-Man. Did you see that? So like they think uh, I've seen the leaked photos. Yeah. um, Of him being. Peter like a, Parker's lawyer in yeah. Spider-Man, which I think would be a really nice way to introduce him into the universe. I wouldn't want to see Daredevil show up in this show. That's, I think, my biggest thing with the show is that I don't want to see. I feel like bringing in a like a Netflix Marvel character would be too big of a distraction. And I want to keep the show with all the pieces we have on the board right now. Like, I'm very interested in like, I don't know what they're going to do with Echo. Um, it's kind of a no brainer to have her in the show. Great way to introduce her. Because she's connected to two massive parts of Hawkeye's like story, you know, they share the hearing impairedness and they share the connection to Ronan. But I am a little bit confused about what they're doing with her because uh, in the comics, she was the first Ronan. Um, like she actually was the one in the suit. So the fact that she has such a traumatic background with Hawkeye's Ronan is really interesting to me. And I wonder if it that seems to point towards she is not going to put the suit on because why the fuck would you take on the mantle of this person that killed your father? It's kind of an insane move. I don't know. But part of me was like, what if she does? How cool? What if they pull it off that at the end of the show, right? Maybe the final episode, we have Kate Bishop going off to L.A., disillusioned with Hawkeye, Hawkeye returning in somewhat shame to his family on Christmas, uh, Echo putting on the Ronin suit, the swordsman being revealed as like a true bad who maybe like, you know, lives to fight another day against Kate Bishop, like with sworn nemesis of Kate Bishop. And then Vincent D'Onofrio reveal as like, oh, this guy's fucking with Echo. I'm her boss. I'm her father. I'm coming in here. And then maybe that's the cliffhanger at the end of the show is like, hey, Netflix TV show tie in. Vincent D'Onofrio's here. At least the kingpin. The kingpin will be here. The kingpin is you coming, think? whether or not it's Vincent D'Onofrio or not. We already saw our hand, his hand, right? Like he puts his hand on Echo. I think like in storyline, Echo is like he is she's they're working for the kingpin in this. I think that's I feel like that's got to be heavily implied. Wait, we saw his hand in this show. 
Yeah, I don't know if it was Vincent D'Onofrio, but there is a scene where Echo as a kid is like getting ready to fight somebody and her dad's like, OK, do your best. Your uncle's going to watch you. And we see a big hand put on the child's oh. head and he says something to her. So like the I, I feel like that's the kingpin. Everything I all the rumors are that it's the kingpin being introduced because he has a strong connection with Echo as well. So I don't know if that's Vincent Damn. D'Onofrio. I don't know who it is. God, I hope it's not. <laughs> I, I kind of hope know who it's not been perfect. It, I, and, you know, this is one of those casting things where, like, obviously it would never happen because it's so close to a character that they're already playing that they would never take that job. But who would have been fucking perfect was um, uh, Tony Soprano. <laughs> he would have been great, man. Yeah, that would have been good. I don't know if so he's, like, good. physically imposing enough, but I think that's, like, the tone I want is, like, a, yeah. yeah, one of those guys. I'm trying to think of he's a completely believable, dangerous mob boss in a way that Vincent D'Onofrio just isn't. I feel like Vincent D'Onofrio could do a good one, too, but I don't know why he this character like the choices he's made are insane. Yeah, like I, I which I mean, maybe they'll have him do a similar thing that it looks like they're having Jamie Foxx do for No Way Home, where it's like they're playing a different version of the character. I think I read maybe that's what they're with all Jamie Foxx where he said that he's doing a he's coming at it from a different angle which thank god um because that's another example where it's like you could have been a really cool electro and instead you chose to make it this like weird ass dork guy like i, I hate that dork who gets evil dork who gets powers is like one of the worst from electro heels uh so lame uh man that was that was they did the same thing in wonder woman with like cheetah or whatever where yeah. it's like Kristen Wiig is just like, oh, I'm a nerd. And then I get powers and it's like every nerd is he. I mean, I guess that's pretty accurate as most nerds are out for revenge whenever they get something. You know that as an observer <laughs> of Amazon or UCB's uh, climate. Um, <laughs> once a nerd gets a little bit of authority, they will exploit it and they're going to make it awkward. Uh, beefs and thieves for this uh, for Hawkeye, Kevin. OK, I mean, the biggest thief we've already talked about, which is Kate Bishop. Um the big thieves that I'm really excited to talk about are one, Kate Bishop two, the writers. I mean, wow. The fucking, the scene where they're riding the train home together after the battle. And Kate's like, Oh, I should probably walk the dog. He's been cooped up all day. And then Hawkeye pays her that compliment. And she's like really moved by it. And he's like, you should probably walk the dog. He's been <laughs> cooped up all day. It was like, this is wonderful. It's the most fun thing in the world to watch. Um, yeah, the fact that we finally got trick arrows, the we've come back to it. The Pym arrow moment. Wow. Just wow. Never in a million years did I see that coming. Sometimes they'll do stuff like that in a Marvel property where it's just like, this is the exact kind of fan service that I love. Like. I'd love ah, more trick incredible. arrows from other Avengers. I don't know how you do that. Can we get an Iron Man arrow somehow? Can we get a Wakanda arrow somehow? Like, yeah, you can get a vibranium arrow for sure. Yeah, I just want some random arrows that are mixed in there with like, I don't know, that kind of like homages to his fellow Avengers. I think that stuff's cool because it makes sense that they would slowly equip each other. That was the thing I never really understood. I guess is a flaw in comic books in general. It's like if Iron Man has all these suits, why aren't all the Avengers just wearing Iron Man suits all the time? You know, like, yeah, that, that's a flaw. But the idea of incorporating that technology into to Hawkeye especially you know I don't know if you've ever seen any of these like there's some good montages online of like Iron Man's suit getting better 
Right. Yeah. And and there was one that I really liked, which is when he's fighting Thanos. He, there's a period where his whole suit is like techno organic. And so he makes this giant shield that's made from the material of his suit. And Thanos start, starts like destroying it. And as he destroys the shield, he's actually destroying the suit. So now there's less suit for Tony to have. And then at the end of Endgame, when they're getting ready to put on the glove, he pulls out a shield. But instead of it being the shield from his body, it's now like a vibranium. It's like the light shield from Wakanda and I'm like I love these little nods to stuff and it's amazing that Hawkeye pulled that off and I would love to see more I mean I don't even know what else what other things they could do it's not my job to come up with these but uh yeah I don't know god what if it was man <laughs> cool would that oh, be? that's the dream job I'd want it's, some type of like an Asgardian uh arrow what if they made him an arrow that always returned to him <laughs> oh that'd be sick that's actually one of the moves in um I've been revisiting the Marvel's Avengers game and playing as Hawkeye just because after seeing all this stuff, it's like, I want to I want to do that. And you can play as both Kate and Clint in that game. And one of Hawkeye's moves is you shoot a boomerang arrow. So it hits somebody and it comes right back to you. And it's very rewarding. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah. What about Thieves for you? And then I do have a couple beefs. OK, I want to mention with Thieves, in addition to what you said, Kate Bishop's parents. Amazing. Uh, there's or at least the mom great actress i'm, I'm blanking mm-hmm. on her name vera, uh, vera formiga from the conjuring franchise yes where she is like she's uh she's the best she's great she's an amazing actor and then her quote-unquote stepfather character who is i i think gonna be revealed at some point to be the swordsman uh mm-hmm. who has a history with hawkeye and uh i think kate bishop um he's great He's great. He's just doing a great job. All the actors in this are, are doing a really good job. They're all doing a good work. Mm-hmm. You know, we just recorded our Die Hard podcast. And one of the things that makes that so great is like how every little character is like a nice, nice little compliment. And I think that's something Marvel's pretty good at is like finding these like like really good actors to do like pretty small supporting roles. And I don't know. It's just it's it's good. That's probably my thief is is maybe just the casting or those those two in particular, I think, are great. What about uh, beefs, Kevin? You said you got some beefs. I don't think they, like I said in the beginning, I don't think they thought this was going to be as good of a show as it is. And I think they skimped on the budget a little bit. I don't fully know. We should have had like Spencer Breen in here to talk about like how movies are actually made. I don't fully know. But if my understanding is correct, um, you know, sometimes you will bring in like a different director to do action scenes. So like you have your director of the movie, but then you might have a unit that's solely focused on the action. And um, that unit is like they kind of have free reign Um, in this. The action scenes at times aren't they don't seem to be like. There's something missing. There's like an energy missing to them that definitely makes it feel more like a TV show in terms of the action. The car scene than a movie. Yeah, the car scene was a big one where it's like it it was entertaining, but it felt like it was hitting at about like a six when it could have been hitting at like an eight. Um, I've noticed something too. It's one that Lauren and I complain about a lot is when they cut to the credits, a lot of the times like the last shot is really awkward to the point where it's like, did they just not know where this episode was going to end? Like, is it a COVID thing? They didn't get the coverage they needed and they didn't have a good shot to cut on. Like the second episode ends with like echo looking up at the camera which is okay if we hadn't seen her yet or if it's a reveal of a character that we know, but we'd already seen her in that scene. So it's like, this isn't like a powerful thing to cut on, but it cuts on a music hit as if that was like a really cool note to end on. 
But then in the closing credits, the animations that are playing aren't synced up with the music. And it would be really easy to sync it up with the music and it would make the animations and the closing credits look better. But like the music they pick for the closing credits does not match the stuff they're doing in animation at all tonally. And like the animation isn't cut to match it. It just seems like, I don't know, something something is amiss somewhere. Hmm. Maybe they're still figuring it out because these definitely don't have the budget of or at least I'm, I'm assuming they don't have the budget of a Marvel movie. I think I think somewhere online I was seeing something like 25 million an episode for a lot of these, which is a lot of money. But I mean, when you're talking about Avengers costing 500 million dollars, <laughs> you're like, yeah. oh, this shows for 100 million dollars. Like it's a that's a disparity. That's enough of a disparity that these things aren't going to look alike. And uh, I'm I'm luckily ignorant enough to not notice those things. But, you know, to a more created creative eye than myself like yours i'm sure these things are a little more glaring i'm sure that's where some of the money gets uh skimped out you're right it did have kind of like a netflix tv show uh tv ending vibe to me on a lot of these which i don't know i guess i've kind of grown to expect that i don't think they're necessarily i mean i don't know do you think a lot of the tv shows end on great cliffhangers yeah i mean wandavision did a really good job of that um Falcon Winter Soldier had a great one with that shot of John Walker murdering a guy in cold blood yes. with the Captain America shield and then standing up with the blood on shield. That was chilling. Loki um, had a good one where they're like stuck on the planet and all the ships are flying off and then the girl just walks away. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm talking about? So there have been good ones, but I mean. And the one where Loki dies, but then he ends up in the placed near the end of the timeline with the other Lokis. Maybe that's the problem with like uh, maybe a pro or con of this so far is it doesn't seem to me like the script is building in the way that maybe some of the other shows have right where it felt like the stakes were raising every single time. And in this so far, it's like it feels like it's all been pretty level and like simultaneously, yeah. I don't I don't really know where it's going. I don't really know what's going to happen next. I guess I have predictions and things like that, but I, I find it hard. I don't think the ending is going to be a letdown because it's kind of just been steady the whole time. It hasn't begun the builds to the inevitable, like disappointing climax. Right. It's just kind of Dude, been, maybe that's it. Maybe you never build. We're, maybe you just be good the whole time. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe this is just easy watching. You know, it's funny. We were texting about this the other day and I was like, I can't explain why, but I have a feeling that of the shows, this one is like the best chances yet of us not being let down. And maybe that's it. Maybe you just nailed it. It's because they're, they're not raising stakes. It's all the things we talked about. If she finds out that he's Rowan and leaves, that's a good enough ending for this whole show. Like, yeah, I hope they don't get too much more complicated than that. Right. We've got a couple of bad guys. We, we fight the bad guys. We win or lose. Caden Hawkeye. Don't talk again. Everyone goes home. Merry Christmas. You know, we can have a sad Christmas day episode. That seems fun, oh, you know, where everyone's sad on Christmas. Like a blast. Uh, you know, I think there's just a lot. I think there's a lot they could do. And again, it's just the low stakes. There's low stakes here. The world's not going to end either way. It's really just these are personal stories. There's nothing life threatening about this, really. It's just they're in a little bit of a bind. They're in a little bit of a pickle. Hawkeye could call somebody. You know what? Or heck, he could bring his bow and arrow to a fight and, you know, solve all this pretty quick. But he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're just fucking around and it's great. I'm here for it. I mean, honestly, I'm enjoying this the most. This is like what I wanted from a Marvel TV show is just to hang out with these characters and Jeremy Renner. Shout out to him. This is the most likable Hawkeye's ever been. I mean, he's crushing oh, it by far. 
He's crushing By far. Yeah. I've always wondered. So I, I don't like to, you know, I think generally speaking, everything they've done with the movies is so much better than what they've done in the comics. I think a movie writer is inherently better than a comic book writer. I love comic books. And I think the writing in comic books is typically God awful. So, um, I don't like to make a lot of comparisons between the two, but in this specific situation, the Delta between Hawkeye in the comics and Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye is very large. Like Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye is basically a completely different character. Yes. He's got a whole family, which they did in the ultimate comics, but not in the same way. And which like, the ultimate comics was kind of a clap back to the MCU. It was, you know, a little, a little bit closer to, I mean, Nick Fury looks like Samuel L. Jackson in, in, right. like in the, the ultimate MCU comics. was very, very heavily inspired by it. But like, in the in the traditional right, right, like right. Marvel Comics timeline, um, Hawkeye is like this, like kind of like I don't know. He's an ex- he's supposed to be extremely handsome. He's always hooking up with all these different like superheroes and villains. He's kind of like he's kind of like a dog, you know. He's unreliable, um, but he's a good time for a short time until he lets you down. And Jeremy Renner is just not that jeremy runner doesn't seem like very much of like a himbo you know so it was always kind of strange to see that version of it i always thought personally that ryan gosling would have made a terrific hawkeye if they went more with like the comics route and like the way that he is specifically in the movie the nice guys is like a perfect template for uh what hawkeye is like in the comic run that this show is inspired by but somehow jeremy renner i mean having him do the same thing and feel the same level of exhaustion and being overwhelmed with all the shit that's going around, going on around him. It works so well with the fact that he just wants to get back to his family. Like they found a way to make that dynamic play and it, it really fucking works. He's, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about lethal weapons soon. He's a Murtaugh in the situation. He's too old for this shit. You know, he doesn't yeah. really want a part of this. He's done. And Kate Bishop is personifying all of the traits that you talked about with the Hawkeye comic book character, right? She's yeah. unreliable. She wants to do her own thing. She's figuring herself out. I mean, you know, sexual promiscuity aside, uh, she's doing a pretty good job of imitating the comic book Hawkeye and like that, that golden retriever side, you know, she's just making oh. rash decisions and being stupid and damn the consequences. But, you know, at the end of the day, her heart's in the right place. And they, he'll he'll be there and for the fight and whether or not he'll be there afterwards is is the question. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's Man, great. I'm so there for her character. I love God. I love this Kate Bishop so much. Yeah. It's so good. Tim, what are your predictions? Where do you think we're going? We got three episodes left. I think I think kind of what I said earlier was um, Echo puts on the Ronin costume Kate Bishop and Hawkeye. I liked your idea that Kate Bishop leaves. Kate Bishop and Hawkeye separate not on the best of terms. Hawkeye goes home to Christmas and is depressed. Or maybe he misses Christmas. But either way, he goes back to his family and is like, you know, like reluctantly going back with them. I think Echo. Yeah, Echo puts on the costume. I think we get introduced to the Kingpin. I think we meet the Kingpin at some point. Maybe that's a, okay. in the fina- final episode. My question is, will there be greater ramifications for Hawkeye as Ronan? Will he have to go on trial? Will it have to be a thing? Or is it the kind of thing that like Kate Bishop's the only person that finds out and then that's buried? Um, And then the other thing I'm wondering is how the swordsman plays into this, because that seems to be a whole other plot 
that I don't really have a good grasp on yet. And I don't think they've really cashed in at all is like why the swordsman is hanging out with her mom so much. What if they frame the swordsman for being Ronin? I mean, that would be cool. I feel like the swordsman is obsessed with Ronan. So that's weird. Do you think Hawkeye and the swordsman know each other in this TV show? I was just going to bring that up because in the comics, they were trained by the same person. I think yes, because, you know, third episode ends with swordsman with the sword at specifically Clint's old sword at Clint's throat. I think the opening of episode four is going to be him saying like, hi, Jack, or whatever his name is. Okay, I actually would like that a lot. If the swordsman becomes kind of like an antihero, like in it. I mean, Echo, I think Echo Echo is going to make a face turn, too. But I want everybody to fight and then come out on good terms. And then the real big bad shows up. That's kind of where I'm where my head's at. Yeah, they could bring in. They're probably going to bring in that like uh, the mime, that mime assassin. The mime I can see that. Yeah, there's oh, a, the in the comic, comic? there's like a mime assassin. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking of just, uh, um, a Watchmen when you said that. Oh yeah, no. You know I'm talking about. Did you ever read those? Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. That's cool. I think it would be also very cool to see more going on with the deafness. I think it's something oh, yeah. that um, it's something that needs representation, and it's also something that I think is like compelling and could be a good narrative. It's cool that his son is learning sign language. The fact that Hawkeye's son is learning ASL seems to signal to me that he thinks he's going to actually lose his hearing for real, like very soon. So, which I think he probably will if he's got degenerative, like, yeah, I, I would love to see again. I'm sorry. I keep throwing at the comics, but there was an issue that was entirely in yes. SL. Um, yes. There was, was no awesome. actual, like is amazing. Um, I would love to see that. And it seems like we kind of got a hint of that when Echo crushes his hearing aid and is saying that he's relying too much on technology. She specifically means the hearing aids and he might be better off without it. I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I don't know in what world he would be better off without it, but, I guess, <laughs> but maybe it does make him a better archer or something. I like the idea, too. And part of my mind is like, I'd love to see a team with Echo, who's deaf, Hawkeye, who's who's deaf and missing her legs. Hawkeye, who's now deaf, and then Daredevil, who's blind, and just like assemble like a misfit toys of like all the like special needs event, like like grounds people who are just like kicking ass and showing up and like have all these like weaknesses that are, make them strengths. And like, I don't know, I think it would be compelling to have all these like characters kind of like together occupying the same space. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just cool in general to see, you know, that it's. I think it would be nice to see. I was talking about this uh, again with Lauren the other day, which is like I, I was such a such a fucking string bean when I was younger. I was just the skinniest kid. And right around the time when I was like uh, hitting puberty and getting a little bit taller, but still being stick thin, um, I had the advantage of having the ultimate Spider-Man comics where the Spider-Man is depicted as being in high school versus these other like jacked 30 year old superheroes. And he looked like a little string bean, like he'd gotten bit by the spider, but they explained that it didn't affect his muscle mass, just like the density and the power in the muscles. So he was still super shrimpy, but just super powerful. Uh, and that was really empowering for me. You know, I really, I really enjoyed seeing that. I felt like it was, uh, I felt like I got to again, live vicariously through that. So I think it'd be nice in general to keep having these heroes. Like you mentioned that, Mm-hmm. You know, Daredevil's blind, but he holds his own. Yeah, I'm um, 
yeah, I think it's a little telling that you just like won't let the blind community and the deaf community like have these. You're like trying to make this about yourself, but um, yeah. I think that's a good note to end on. Um, <laughs> wow. Um, to the to the disabled communities out there who are looking for inspiration in this show, Kevin uh, has had it worse. So let's. Um, <laughs> Um, final thoughts on Hawkeye, Kevin, before we wrap it up. Um, thrilled about the show. You know, it's the only Disney plus show so far that I've liked so much that I've been compelled to make a playlist for. I used some of the songs from the actual show and then just some songs that I used to listen to when I was uh, reading Hawkeye that kind of fit the tone of the comic. If you want to check it out, go on Spotify. It's called a very Hawkeye Christmas. <laughs> I love it. That one song by the kinks. I like definitely downloaded where I'm like, yes, this is a great, a great Christmas song. Father Christmas. Oh, so good. Da, 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 da. And uh, thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. I love Hawkeye. I hope you love Hawkeye. We've got some more Christmas movies coming up. Die hard in the can lethal weapon in the can. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you have a good holidays and uh, stay nerdy, friends. Stay nerdy. Bye. Bye.